A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The Pharisees went off and plotted how they might entrap Jesus in speech. They sent their disciples to him with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are a truthful man and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth, and you are not concerned with anyone's opinion, for you do not regard a person's status. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? Knowing their malice, Jesus said, Why are you testing me, you hypocrites? Show me the coin that pays the census tax. Then they handed him the Roman coin. He said to them, Whose image is this, and whose inscription? They replied, Caesar's. At that he said to them, Then repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and to God what belongs to God. The Gospel of the Lord. Did you know that Jesus only directly answers three of the 183 questions he's asked in the four Gospels? Jesus either keeps silent, as with Pilate, returns with another question, as with the coin of Caesar, or gives an illustration, as with the Good Samaritan story. Remember, Jesus is still in the temple where the Pharisees are questioning his authority. The Roman coin must be used to pay the census tax. The inscription on the coin named the emperor both as high priest and as son of the divine Augustus. For many Jews, to have such a coin would be a violation of the second commandment. You shall not have strange gods before me. That was why they had to have money changers in the temple. You could not use that Roman coin in the temple. The trap is pretty transparent. If Jesus says, don't pay the tax, then he would be advocating treason. If he says, pay the tax, they can accuse him of idolatry. Jesus asks for a coin. They reach in their pocket and show it to him. Notice, Jesus is not carrying the coin. What about us? What's in your wallet? Do we give to God the things that belong to God? Or do we give to Caesar the things that really belong to God? We are signed with the cross of Jesus. Are we Christians first or Americans first? Who has dominion over us? After the children of Israel had been exiled in Babylon for 70 years, King Cyrus of Persia overthrew the Babylonians and allowed the Israelites to go back home. As we heard in the first reading today, God claims dominion over Cyrus. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus. The word anointed in Hebrew is Messiah. Cyrus, the Persian, is God's Messiah. God declares that Cyrus was doing God's work, even though Cyrus had no idea there even was such a one as God. God, it seems, claims dominion over all the earth and everything and everyone in it. In the book of Genesis, 
we discover that God has named us and created us in God's image and likeness. When we forget that, there is alienation and separation. In Genesis chapter 2, after creating Adam, God says something which is very true about what it means to be human. It is not good that the man should be alone. We do not live on earth alone, and that has been the problem for us since the very beginning. After Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit, their eyes were opened and they hid from God because they were naked. God realized they had eaten of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Adam blamed Eve and Eve blamed the serpent. We've been doing this ever since. We only see in parts. We never know the whole story. The judgments we make are always incomplete. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus said to those who had come to arrest him, Have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me as though I were a bandit? We make others into something they are not in order to justify our behavior against them. My friend, Father David Neuhaus, is a Jesuit priest and scripture scholar who lives in Jerusalem. David was born a Jew in South Africa. At 15, he went to live in Jerusalem with a Muslim family, and it was there that he met an Orthodox nun whose joy was so compelling he was converted to Christianity. About ten years later, he became a Jesuit priest. As one of my friends commented, David is a living Venn diagram. In his essay titled, Torn Apart by a Pitiless War, published this week in The Tablet, a Catholic weekly journal, David wrote, The constant stream of words pronounced by leaders is deliberately calculated to dehumanize the other, to sow hatred and the desire for vengeance. For both sides, war is the only defense against a demonic enemy that knows no limits to its cruelty. For too many on each side, there are no civilians, no innocent bystanders. The humanity of the other has been almost totally obscured by decades of violence, anguish, and hatred that have shut down every horizon except that of never-ending war. At the Angelus on the second day of the war, Pope Francis declared that war is a defeat for everybody. The spark of humanity which we are called to recognize in each other is being steadily extinguished. Notice in today's Gospel, the Herodians wanted a yes or no answer. But Jesus avoids the trap. He refused to be caught between false alternatives. Jesus does not best his opponents, he just refuses to play their game. He names the terms of discernment, the everlasting tension between God and the Emperor. We do not live alone on this earth. Our lives and our destiny are intertwined. 
This past Wednesday, during his public audience, Pope Francis said, I exhort believers to take only one side in this conflict, that of peace. But not with words, but with prayer, with total dedication. In this context, he said, I've declared Friday, October 27, as a day of fasting, prayer, and penance, to which I invite all who have in their hearts the cause of peace in this world. The image of God is not impressed on gold, but on the human race. Caesar asked that his image be on every coin, but God chose humans whom he created to reflect his glory. So what does it look like to bear the image and likeness of God? Here is how Jesus invites us to live. Love your enemies, and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your heavenly Father, who makes the sun rise on the bad and the good, and causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust.